what a f beautiful day in this place celebrating the gift of mothers. Thank you all for being here. This is a day of firsts, so please excuse us. Everyone's done well, beautiful so far. Uh, we've asked these four ladies just to share a little bit about motherhood and what their experiences have been. They've had losses. They've had loves. They've had experiences. And we want to hear just a little bit about it. So I'm going to ask a few questions. Hopefully, we'll get through this. <laughs> Let's start with Marie. What defines motherhood? To you? I had to start off with a hard question. Um, motherhood is so many different things, so I did the obvious thing to do was I had to sit and pray about it. Um, the first, I just started to write a list of what motherhood was, and the first thing I wrote down was imperfection. We are imperfect in so many ways. Um, I'm the first person that will say, I am not the Proverbs 31 woman. I will stand right in front of that line and say, that's not me. But I try. Um, motherhood is sacrifice. So many times we lose sleep. We, yeah. Um, motherhood is love. It's a 24-7 role, career in itself. Um, but one thing that was that struck such a chord with me is that motherhood is a privilege. It's an honor. It's a gift that I hold so dear. It's a blessing, even if it's for a season. It's not about blood relation. It's not about a title, but it's about a calling on your life. And I'm so grateful God chose me. Amen. Sister Jairus, how have you built your spiritual life as a mother of multiple children, multiple girls? <laughs> well, it's not easy some days. I won't name names wherever you are. One there on the front row. Um, no, uh, I think that being a mom, when I thought of this question, I was like, I think when, when you become a mom, prayer becomes something you do because <laughs> you have to pray. Everywhere that they go, everything that they do, all of a sudden, you may not have had time to pray for yourself as much as you're going to pray for your kids. And so um, I think... As a mom of multiple children raising them, sometimes you don't have a lot of time. But one thing that I could say is consistent application of elementary things. Prayer, reading the word of God. When you have the time, there were times that I got up and prayed and my kids found me asleep on the couch. I laid down to pray. That was a bad idea. Um, <laughs> they would, they would joke cause they'd be like, mom, get up. And I'd be like, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. <laughs> but, um, you know, you just have to find the time and sometimes it's, it's difficult, but while they're young, you do what you can and you just be consistent and you just like that song they learn 
Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. Your walk with God will grow if you make time and you're intentional with just those elementary things, reading the word and praying. Sister Lisa, how do you deal? You have children that have left the home, so it's you and Neil. But how do you deal with the you that's left? Well, I was going to say that just about the time that Abby finally moved out, Neil moved in. So I don't know if this is a good question. But a new kid. Yeah, a grown kid. Um, but, uh, you know, in looking at life once the children were gone. I, I will have been a mother, or I would have now been a mother for 33 years um, with our first little boy that we lost. And I would not trade one day of those 33 years. And I would go back and I would redo every day. But in looking at myself, um, when my children were gone, it's like, who am I now? Well, I'm a daughter of the king. And I'm a handmaiden in the kingdom. And so what is the most important thing to me now? And I have settled on kingdom work. And that's where I put my focus. Um, That may be, you know, working in the pantry, preparing for Bible studies, praying for those that the Lord has brought our way that need prayer. Um, so kingdom work is definitely the me, I'm still a mom, but the me after having raised my children. And you're a grandma. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Sister Rose, what was the most important thing in your home as your girls were growing up? Well, uh, We wanted to raise our girls to know the Lord. That's the most important thing a mother can do, is to teach their children to love the Lord. Um, Our lives were always centered around the church, and that was even before Brother Rose became a minister. Our lives were centered around the church. And we took our kids um, to church every time the church doors were open. We took them to youth rallies, fellowship meetings, camp meetings, conferences. Anything that they had to do, we as parents took them. There was no bus to take them. There was no youth leader to take them at that time. Um, So we took them as parents because we wanted them to find fellowship within the church. And whether um, we went to prayer meeting or bus ministry or even to clean the church, we took our kids. That's how my girls learned how to clean church. (laughs) And um, I feel like that's important. They need to learn how to respect the house of the Lord. And when they clean it, they think twice about throwing something down on the floor or leaving it in the pew. And um, we gave them every opportunity to be in the presence of the Lord, to build 
not only their relationship with God, but also to create a strong connection within the church. Marie, back to you. Do you have a favorite scripture that you hold close and how has it helped you? There have been many scriptures that you can't possibly name them all or quote them all. Uh, my all-time favorite scripture uh, comes from James 1-2 where part of it says, count it all joy. You count it all joy when you're at, up at 2 in the morning and your child has decided it's playtime. <laughs> you count it all joy when you're cleaning vomit off the floor. That's right. <laughs> you count it all joy when you are sick, sicker than a dog yourself, and it's spread like wildfire through your house. You count it all joy when your child gets the Holy Ghost. You count it all joy when your children pray over their food, learn to pray over the, over the dinner table. You count it all joy when you get those hugs and the love. The other scripture that we've longed to, well, it's more of a theme of the Bible. You know, Jesus says a lot in the Bible, hundreds of times, and it came to pass. There's a lot of scriptures in the Bible that says came to pass. So we have loved to quote, this too shall pass in our house. <laughs> the screaming, the temper tantrums, the bickering, they're on my side. Stop looking at me. This too shall pass. Um, I love Psalms, Psalms 37, 23, and it talks about how he orders my steps. He keeps me sane. Mm -hmm. There's a reason for all the chaos. He teaches me in Philips, the Philippians to not be anxious or worry about tomorrow. And in Matthew, he talks that Tomorrow's going to take care of itself. He's already been there. He's already been in next week. So it's not just one scripture. It's, I've needed it all. <laughs> Sister Jarris, how did you balance serving in church commitments with family commitments as your kids were little and growing? I, um, my kids often thought we lived here. We would pull in, they're like, we're here again. <laughs> but uh, when this church was growing, we were here even more. Um, we even split the cleaning duties. We worked the nursery. We were Sunday school teachers. We were everything. So um, they did live here, but I was raised that way. I was at church all the time. But... Um, one thing that comes to mind that I often refer to, and that is find out the things in your life that are essential and be intentional with those. The other things may not come. Uh, sports, uh, extracurricular activities. My kids did not get to do those before church, um, but that's how I was raised. And I know also that a lot of what is taught is caught. And if I'm here and I'm faithful and I'm always giving and I'm not complaining, uh, I would rather be doing something else with my time. 
God shows himself faithful to the faithful, and he will um, reward you that way with your children. And they will grow up and they will be faithful because they caught it. You didn't have to tell them they watched you. And so that's how we did it. Sister Lisa, how did your mother inspire you? Well, when I was growing up, with all reverence, we referred to my mother as the reverend mother. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, she ruled the roost because that's how all of, you know, the back end stuff for my dad got done was my mom handled a lot of it. But as far as being an inspiration, my mother is the absolute queen of list making. And so I have to say that I am a list maker today. If it's not on the list, it doesn't get done. So it's got to get on mama's list. Amen. And, um, you know, those were tremendous organizational skills um, that my mom uh, showed to us girls. But I have to underscore what these ladies have already said. And my mother was faithful in taking us to church and making sure that we were at every event, um, that we were um, able to be involved in everything that was going on. And I remember times when I was young, I was sickly, and I remember one night mom was at church, and we lived in the parsonage next to the church, and there was a prayer meeting going on, and she came in, wrapped me in a blanket, and ran across the yard and down the aisle of the church to have me prayed for. And, you know, as I think about that now, it was probably because she did not want me to end up back in the hospital again. (laughs) So, um, but the other thing that my mother, with great diligence, taught was a respect and an honor for ministry. And the minister, the man of God or the woman of God, to honor them. And they're still human. You know, they still go through the things in life that everybody else goes through, but they hold a special place, and we are to give them that honor. Last question, Sister Rose. Any advice to a younger mother raising her children during this present time? Well, I would say um, set the example. Your children need you as parents to see you praying. They need to see you worshiping. They need to see you reading the word and studying the word. And um, if you do that, they'll follow. Otherwise, how will they know what to do? How will they know how to be faithful to the house of the Lord if you, as a parent, don't set the example? Nothing should be more important in your home than serving the Lord and being faithful to the house of the Lord. And finally, please, mothers, do not compare yourself to other moms that you see on social media and what they say. Now, I can tell you, I've been guilty of that. I thought, Oh, my word, I never did all that with my children. But we should not 
compare ourselves to social media because we have a greater calling. And that calling is to make sure that you ask the Lord for direction for your home and for your family. Amen. Good stuff. Can we give these ladies a hand? They did a great job. Oh, come on. They did better than that. Why don't you give them a standing ovation? Amen. Amen. You can be seated. God bless you. And ladies, just stay right here. Just stay right here. I know y'all looking good. Amen. But I got to say, that moderator... going to get me a date when this is over. <laughs> Mother's Day is, uh, <laughs> I'm going to be in trouble when this is over. Mother's Day is, uh, I mean, there's just nothing like it. Uh, it reminds me, though, there was this husband, not like any of us, but there was this husband that was very, in it, uh, lacked attention or giving attention to his wife. One day, he started feeling guilty about that, and it was right before Mother's Day. So the Friday, he got off of work, and he decided, I'm going to change this. So on the way home, he bought some candy, and he got some flowers, and he didn't just walk in the house. He rang the doorbell, and here she come, flustered from the day, and as she opened the door, there he was with his candy, with his flowers, singing a sweet song of, truly, I love you, dear, and instantly, she broke into tears, sobbing. And she said, oh, Harry, everything has gone wrong today. We had a leak in the plumbing. The kids are terrible. The house is a wreck. And now you come home drunk. <laughs> so for everyone that's not a mother, the moral of the story is this. Don't appreciate them just on Mother's Day. Man, they're worth more than that. Psalms 90 tells us this. It says to teach us to number our days so we can gain the heart of wisdom. In other words, treat time as valuable and you'll live a life that's much more wise. And that's what I think Mother's Day is all about. It's taking time. Remembering the time, honoring the time that God gives us with our mothers. Not because of their performance. Not because of their even presence but because of their position, amen? amen? Now, we do this in other places. We honor the military. Uh, we honor the president. We honor civil servants like police and firemen and EMTs, not because we agree them, with them or even know them. We don't even know them. We honor them because of who they are, their position. And today is a day that we honor everyone who holds the position of a mother. And that's why Mother's Day can be special for everybody. No matter what your experience has been, whether, whether your mother is here today or she's not, whether your mother is still with you or maybe she's or maybe you or maybe regardless of your evaluation, whether she had a, feel like you had a good one or a bad one, it really does not matter. Mothers are a very important part of God's plan for people. And, and, and with that in mind, we'd be wise to take this, this, this advice from these wise sages that have given us great advice about motherhood. The Bible says in Proverbs 1 and 8, my son, hear the instruction of your father 
and do not forsake the law of your mother. Instructions from dad, but laws from mom. And they said there'll be a graceful ornament around your head and around your neck and chains around your neck. A law is a precept. It's a statute. It's a value or a principle that governs existence. And mothers, don't they do it? Anybody got a mother that'll give you a little bit of advice? Listen to the nervous laughter across there. You don't, is your mama sitting right by you? You don't know whether to laugh or not, do you? The truth of the matter is mothers give advice two times when you want it and when you don't. They're going to do it either way. And some of the best advice, let's be honest, after what we've heard today, some of the best advice we've received in our lives many times has come from our mother. I know mine has. I listen to this, and I'm like, yep, that was my mama. That's my mama. Go to church. Yeah. You know, she believed in that. My mom believed in that scripture. It said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And then it says that exhort one another. I remember getting exhorted many times. <laughs> kind of sound like this. Get in that car. I remember my mom teaching me stuff like a word fitly spoken. is like apples of gold and frames of silver. Your mom taught you all kinds of things. It turns out that your mama and my mama, they're part of a long list of prestigious women who have been known to advise their children, none less than Mary herself. Can you believe Mary had the audacity to give Jesus advice? Jesus. Jesus got advice from his mama. Amen? Come on, somebody. Anybody remember John 2? John 2, the, the wedding at Cana? The Bible does not give us a ton of, 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 of background or information, only that there was a wedding there and the mother of Jesus was there. That's the first thing that it says. Before it says that Jesus was there, before it says his disciples were there, there's no information about the wedding party. There was a wedding and Jesus' mama was there. And in this wedding, if you'll allow me to share with you in a brief moment, Mary advised Jesus and us three very important things. Mary advised Jesus to value time, to do what you can when you can. Has your mom ever told you that? When they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And he said, and this is a mistake, don't do this today. Woman, I mean, there must have been something different cultural because I could never say that to my mama, not then and not now. Come on, somebody. But here's what he says. He said, how does this concern me? My hour, my time, he said, has not come. Now, I don't know what happened between verse 4 and verse 5. I really don't. I don't understand, but something happened because Jesus presented an argument, and she turned around to the servants and says, do what he said, and walked away. Mic drop. I don't know if it was like she raised her eyebrow, or is your mom ever like just raised her chin a little bit? I don't know what it was. But Jesus did what mom told him to do. Because according to Mary, you don't show up and, and when something needs to be done, not do it. If you have the ability to make things better, then you do that. If you have the ability to act, then you don't wait. You don't leave things undone. Has your mom ever told you that? So what's undone in your life? What's not finished in your life? What's that project, spiritual or otherwise, that you have started out, but it's not finished? Listen to Mary. Listen to your mama. You haven't repented yet? Why are you waiting? When you've got the ability to do it right now, 
You've never been baptized in Jesus' name. I just told, I, I've had people say, well, I'm going to get baptized. I've had people even set dates. And in the back of my mind, I should say it. I should bring my mom and let her say it. Why are you waiting? If you decided right now, why not? I know it's Mother's Day, and I know this is probably not even right to say on Mother's Day. But if you've never repented of your sins, why are you going to leave this place without repenting of your sins? If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, sure, we'll set a date for you, but we have water. What hinders you? In fact, here's what I know, that if your mama knows truth, she knows the best thing that could ever happen in your life is for you to do what you can do because you have the ability to do it. If you've never received God's spirit, why not today? Mary said, if it can happen today, it's happening today. The second thing she said is not just value time, save time. She said, Let, here's what it is. She, she looked at these people and said, Jesus can do this better. She didn't go to the, the governor of the feast. She didn't go to the wedding planner. She didn't call an outside third-party source and say, we got a problem at this wedding. She went to the one she knew that could do it the best. And the Bible says that Jesus, he grabs just what's laying around. The Bible said it was six water pots that were there for ceremonial washing. Do you know what those for? Those were, those were pots that they washed their hands in. Okay, so Jesus didn't even go to the kitchen and say, have you got anything to put this wine in? He just grabbed what was there, said, fill them with water, and somewhere between the command and the, and the wine being dismissed, there was a miracle that happened. And what did the guy say? Anybody know the governor of the feast? They would draw it, and he would take the first drink at a wedding. And what did he say? He said, you know what? Usually, usually, when people put their best foot forward, and they put the good stuff out first, but you folks, you've done it differently because what I have at the end is better than what was at the beginning. And isn't that what Jesus does? Isn't that exactly what Jesus, Mary said, I know what my son can do. I know that when he gets involved, when he gets done, it's going to be better than the very best efforts. How many of you ever planned a wedding? Raise your hand if you planned a wedding, been a part of the wedding. Ever been a wedding party? There's more of you. You're lying. You just don't want to raise your hand. I planned a wedding. I planned two weddings, okay? Let me tell you what we do. We did our best. We didn't go out and get Little Debbie snack cakes and say, here's what we're going to feed them. We got the best food that we could afford and said, this is what we're going to do. Isn't that what happens at the wedding? These folks did the best that they could do. And in the end, it wasn't enough. But Jesus said, I'll make it enough. I'm just here to tell you, Mary had good advice for Jesus then. She's got good advice for you today. You may have everything that you have done this Mother's Day to the best of your ability. You may put your best foot forward, but still ended up with the, with the result of this. It's not enough. It's not good enough. But listen, when Jesus gets involved, it's good enough. And it's better when he does it than when we do it. So save yourself some time. I'm just trying to help you. Save yourself some time. Let Jesus do it better. Stop fussing about your career. Listen to Mama Mary. Let Jesus do it for you. Stop fussing about your marriage and how you're not, and he's not, and she's not. How about this? How about you let Jesus do it? How about you let him get in the middle of it? Because what he does in the end is better than our best efforts. The last thing that Mary shared as a part of advice in this story is that you need to believe in time. Folks, Jesus is coming back. Amen. Here, here's what I love about this. At the very end, the end of this story, John 2 and 11, 
It says, this is the beginning of the signs that Jesus did in Canaan of Galilee and manifested his glory. And then there's this little caveat, and his disciples believed in him. They took one look at what Jesus did that day, and they said, this is the Messiah. I'm going to believe in this right here. Now, we don't know for sure what her intention is. That's the only thing we have in this story. We don't know, but you know what? I know, I know a few mamas. Okay, and I've just got to believe that, that there was something in the back of their head. She helped seal the deal for people to begin to believe in Jesus. She thrust him out into his ministry. There's no doubt in my mind she pushed him into his active ministry. And when she did, she knew if I can get him out there and I can get him active, that there are people that are going to believe in him. Let me ask everybody here today, stand with me. Do you believe? Because, folks, it's important. Mary knew it was important for people to believe in Jesus. Do you believe in him? It's important because later Jesus would say this. He who believes and is baptized. Everybody say believes. Is baptized. Shall be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. Without faith it's impossible to please God. Because he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Jesus is coming. Are you going to believe in time? Or are you going to come up with excuses? Are you going to save time? Are you going to value time? Are you going to believe in time? Are you going to do what you can because you can? Are you going to let Jesus do your life better? Are you going to believe on him to be saved? Here's what I know. We have an altar. I know in Mother's Day, there's restaurants that are waiting. There's, there's meals, there's festivities, there's flowers, there's pictures. But I've got to believe in the heart of every mother. There's nothing they want more for everybody in this place than for us to come together at an altar of prayer and reach out to the God that loves us and begin to ask him to do the things in our lives that we need done. Come on, would you step out of your seat today? Maybe you want to bring your mom. Your mom is here, bring your mother. Come on, let's come to an altar of prayer. Let, let, let's take advantage of this time. This is an important time. We need to make sure that, that the power of Christ is in us. Take these wise, these wise women's advice. Turn your heart to Jesus. Turn your attention to Jesus. Turn your priorities to Jesus. Come on, let's worship. Let's worship for a minute before we leave here today, and let's seek God's face.